it is Dan Doherty, who scored plenty of penalties in the past, but not as significant as this. Welcome, and uh, you're very welcome along to the official Korean FC podcast. Uh, that another episode, I can't believe it's a week's gone already. It's just incredible. I think it's probably the three games or the two games on the Tuesday and the Saturday, but it just seems like the weeks are flying in. Um, so thanks, first of all, thanks to everybody that has got in touch with us uh, in relation to the podcast. A lot of people, particularly even ones across the water in, the, in, in England and that, just saying how much they enjoy the show, uh, which is great for us to hear. So uh, keep listening. And a big shout out to Barry White over there in Leeds, my favourite city. Uh, listens every week. And it was his birthday today, Wednesday. So a big shout out to Barry. So I'm your host, Damien Mullen. And today I'm joined by the, the social media dream team. And that's Aaron O'Neill and Johnny McNabb. Later in the show, we'll be joined by a former Korean midfielder, Brad Lyons. Uh, currently on loan at League Two club Morecambe from his parent club Blackburn Rovers. So looking forward to catching up with Brad later on and hearing a little bit about how he's getting on and, and coping with uh, life and COVID in England. So first of all, as ever, guys, we'll look back on the weekend action. And um, this week, strangely, we have to do something, guys, that we haven't done this on this podcast before. And that's talk about a Korean defeat. It's crazy to think that we've done this podcast for six, seven weeks. We haven't had a defeat to talk about. In fact, we haven't. You have to go back to before Christmas. So, Johnny, not a nice feeling to lose, but I guess maybe it had to happen at some time. Yeah, I think watching this in the in the last few weeks, it sort of was like a near look like a defeat was coming. Um, strangely enough, but they go seventeen games unbeaten. Paddy McLaughlin actually said after the game that. You go 17 unbeaten in the Irish League, it's so competitive, some some going. And yeah, it was a weird day at Solitude. Um, we didn't take a few early chances, and Cliftonville scored, I think, with their only shot on target in, in the first half. And the referee was a bit of a disaster as well. But uh, Orm won't uh, use that as an excuse. I thought, I, my own opinion, I thought Cliftonville deserved it on the day. And, but that's just how football goes. Yeah, I think you did say that actually after the game that you, you thought Cliftonville deserved it. And, and I suppose. You're probably not far wrong because it wasn't one of Korea's better performances, Aaron. But I suppose you look back, they were thrown a bit of a lifeline with the penalty. But um, no doubt about the penalty. But what about the decision not to send off Jamie Harney? That was a bit contentious. It certainly was, Damien. Um, but we'll just put it down to another one of those weird Irish league refereeing decisions, sure. Um, but it was a hard one to comprehend. Um, when you look back on it, you know, it, it was a definite penalty and it was certainly in my eyes um, a second yellow card for Jamie Harney. Him and Skinner have been at it all day as they normally are, but I think it was interesting to note that last night I was chatting to Warren after the Larn game and he was saying that Shane Andrews actually phoned him last week and um, to apologise for some of the decisions that he made in the game um, and you know, that's Twice in the last few weeks we've been talking about this. You know, if you cast your mind back to Evan Boyce, I think it was in the correct game, Jamie Glackin got uh, mowed down inside the box, no penalty given. And Evan Boyce, you know, then had the audacity to 
call Orrin up and say, look, I got it wrong. And fair play to the referees for doing it. But, you know, you look at how much the league has progressed in the last few years. Um, clubs looking to move forward and go full time, cash coming into the league. And it seems as though that the level of officiating week in, week out is always under the under scrutiny from fans and players. So, you know, I suppose if it comes down to opinions, um, but, you know, we can see where the league's looking to go. And, you know, I think it's about time maybe a few officials started to get these big decisions right because that's what ultimately costs you um, defeats and, and points at the end of the day. It certainly does. I mean, the, the, the red, sorry, the, the yellow card that wasn't given to Jamie Harney in the context of that particular game could have been could have been massive. Like, uh, Cliffordville could have been down to 10 men for the last 20 minutes. And traditionally, as we all know, Korean like a good grandstand finish. And I guess they were, they were denied that. But, um, but Johnny, you know, Cl- Cliftonville themselves have been on a good run of form. I think, you know, Paddy, you said it, Korean 17. But they, they've had a long unbeaten run too, and particularly strong at Solitude. Yeah, it seems like Paddy McLaughlin um, has a good record against Lauren, even in his days at Institute. Um, they signed well in January. They signed a lot of players in January, but we're now in the end of March and they're starting to bed together. You know, Daniel Kearns is a good player. Rory, or Rory, Rory Hale it is. Um, he, he was my man on a match on Saturday. I thought he was brilliant for them. Um, yeah, they're very, very good at home. Um, they got their goal in the first half, got a goal early in the second half and were able, able to see the game out. I, well, as, I, I think as Arden said, it was, it was one of those days. And I think I knew it was going to be one of them days leaving the car when I realised I left my phone <laughs> left my phone and my glasses at home in Korean. So it was kind of, it was a bad omen for the day and, and, and it didn't really improve from much after that. But, uh, well, well, thankfully, I suppose we're looking at it. It was a bad result. It had to happen. Orrin and the boy, Orrin was looking for a response and he certainly got that on Tuesday against Larne. And, from my point of view, looking at it, it was like a real statement when they feel like, because I'm sure there was people outside of Korean looking at it, thinking Korean, oh, this is the start of a slump now. They've lost, they're going to lose another one. But like, seriously, Tuesday's performance put paid to that notion. And, and Arne, I mean, you impressed by the game or what, you, what, what impressed you most about the performance of Tuesday? Um, I think it was just exactly what the doctor ordered, Damien, after last weekend. Um, but... For me, you know, looking back at it, last night, you know, I would say, personally, um, probably two of the most complete performances I've seen from Corey in this season, both came against Lauren, the Lauren game at Inver Park there, um, and then last night, and it was just the, the manner of how each and every player, you know, went about their, their game, and they were all, to a man, superb, and I don't think you could fault anybody, and the scoreline suggests the same, but um, I think I remember in the second half, Aaron Trainer um, hit somebody a tackle, and then Josh Carson, you know, went in, and there was a bit of bite about Corey in last night, you know, there was no respect there at all, and I think um, when people were starting to question them, you know, the team really stood up and, and showed what they're about, and, you know, one one swallow doesn't make a summer, and one bad result won't define Corey's season, so it was good to see them getting back back up and going again last night and I suppose like we, we had talked about it previously I think Johnny the, the importance of having your strikers in form and scoring and Orrin had referenced it I think after Saturday that he had mentioned something about you know he was looking for somebody to step up and, and sure enough on Tuesday against Larne 
two strikers scored. Curtis with a great finish uh, in the first half. James McLaughlin wasting no time coming on as a sub and scoring within a minute. And that, that's the difference, isn't it, to, to winning games? Yeah, I think uh, nobody had a bigger moan uh, after the match on Saturday than me about not taking our chances. If, like, even the Morneview Park against Glenavon, we only showed up for half an hour and we probably should have won the game. And the first half against Cliftonville, we had so many good opportunities in our box. We just, the final pass was just letting us down. And as you say, look, um, look at the two goals. The first one, in my opinion, no other striker um, in our club, maybe Bar James, would make that run that's, that Curtis does for the first goal. Uh, Ronan does really, really well. They cross the ball in and Curtis leaps really, really well. Um, the second one, I don't know what Oren said to James at half time, but also they worked well. Um, but even watching that goal back, he takes a touch and he, he sort of like plays like a game of like chess with, with Devlin and just rolls the ball by him and the back of the net. And listen, um, if we want to be where we want to be at the end of the year, we, we need our strikers to start back. Yeah, I touch, touch of class for the for the goal, but um, so I, I mean that was that was good having those guys. But I think a lot of the um, the credit after the game, I think in fact the man of the match award went to Ronan Wilson, and I think he deserves a special credit because he hasn't hardly kicked the ball all season. He came in last night to deputise for Lyndon, who's one of Korean's most consistent performers every single week. Hasn't played much, as I said, and you play against Larne. And he he was inspired, and he never let anybody down last night. And in fact, I think Oren, the manager, had special praise for him after the game. I think we can hear what they had to say just now. Yeah, he's a dream of a player, to be honest. And we've signed Ronan in the summer, and yes, we, we we've slightly a bigger squad. And with the likes of Lyndon Keane and that as competition, it makes it it makes it tough for him from that point of view. And Lyndon's been suspended once and maybe injured a bit, um, and he was injured again tonight. And you know, Ronan was out of the squad for a couple of weeks there, not through bad attitude or through anything else, but just because of the numbers that we have and the positions that we need to cover. Um, and there's never a bad word said, he just gets his head down and trains like a demon. And the couple of games that he came in the last time and played, he was fantastic. And tonight to step into a game of that size um, and the way he conducted himself and got about his business was fantastic. But also, as well as Corey and played, Aaron, I think Lauren would be disappointed. And I think Tiernan Lynch kept his players in the, in the change room for at least a good half hour after the game. And I mean, how big a setback or how frustrating is it for them to lose that game last night? Um, massively. You know, I would say Lauren were coming down to Korean last night, you know, confident that they were going to turn us over. Um, especially after the weekend, I'm sure Tiernan Lynch would have felt that, you know, it was a good time to play Korean. But um, obviously, it didn't work out the way they would have wanted. Quite good. My. And you know, I think Orn has proved that tactically he has the edge over Tiernan Lynch. You know, um, if recent results are anything to go by, so um, I hope long may it continue. You know, um, you want to win against every team, but whenever it's the big money clubs that are sort of came from the, the <coughs> low and have a bit of swagger about them, and that's no disrespect, but um, you know, you, you, there's something about beating the the, the so called money clubs in the league. There is, there is, and that, that's that's only human, isn't it? And one of the good things about the win last night as well was the fact that it was on uh, the BBC, which meant that our bandsiders, or exiles, we spoke about them at the start of the programme, were able to tune in. And one of those was uh, our very own special guest, Brad Lyons, former Korean midfielder, now across the water with Blackburn. So, evening, Brad. Uh, I presume you watched the match. What did, what did you make of it? Yeah, I did indeed, and... Um, I totally agree with everything uh, he's have said. Like, um, 
the previous times I've watched Korean and stuff, probably recent weeks, they have struggled a wee bit and probably it's down to tiredness and fatigue more than anything with the schedule of games and being part-time compared to other full-timers. But that's the thing that I noticed last night was the hunger, the desire, the fitness levels that Korean from minute zero to that whistle blew to the last minute. Last minute, just gave absolute everything and they were just fighting for everything. And I think it was a point to prove after Saturday and that's down to Oren and the boys at obtaining them. They always have a bounce back material and it was a it was a top notch performance last night with a great result on top of it. Yeah, it must be great for you because you obviously have links with a lot of those players are still ones that you played with in the team before you left. And you know, you must be delighted just to see how well they're going when you left. They were up there at the top of the league challenging and they're still there and that must delight you. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. I would classify all the boys still as really close mates and I'm always in contact with them. Um, and fair play to the Irish League this season with COVID and stuff, like the many games it's actually been shown and yourselves putting on the stream and stuff like that there. It, it, it's absolutely brilliant for people like me and fans to watch it and um, yeah, fair play to them because it's not easy to keep going and uh, keep getting results and still fighting for everything. Um, so... A lot of respect to the boys and Oren and the coaching staff. Yeah, I know that's where it comes from. It's just going to say, I was just thinking there, Brad, it's good to have you on because the last couple of weeks we've had a couple of elder statesmen on, and Johnny and Aaron were complaining at me because uh, I don't think half I don't think they were born when some of them played Jerry Flynn and uh, Eamon Doherty. I don't even think they knew who they were half the time. So we had to get somebody young in this week just to try and involve the guys. and. Uh, I'm sure, Johnny, you're delighted to, to see Brad on and, and, and keep an eye on his progress across the water. Oh, of course. Um, it's, it's crazy that it was 2018, I think, when Brad left. And um, obviously we've been watching them, Blackburn and, and St. Mirren and playing at Ibrox and stuff. I wasn't jealous or nothing. And <laughs> again, and I'm with Morgan. So, listen, Morgan's doing really, really well. Like, too, I think they're just in the playoffs or just outside the playoffs. So, they're flying. I think that's a really, really great move for him, and uh, hopefully it works out well. And it's back to get back to Blackburn. I mean, Corey, you know, obviously, at the end of his career, you know. <laughs> um, I guess you'd agree with that as well, because you know you're sort of around the same age as Brad, and it's great to see somebody from here doing so well across the water. Absolutely, you know, um, especially with Brad's connections, you know, locally, bar money, and. Um, you know, making his debut at the club and coming through with the likes of Lyndon Kane, I think Jimmy McGonigal and Adam Mullen and, and players like that were around it at that time too. So Brad's obviously went a step better than some of them, but um, he's worked hard for it. And you know, I wish him all the best in the future. Brad, what's your current situation? I think was I reading somewhere there you, you have an injury at the moment. Uh, yeah, um, I picked up a slight injury, I think it was three or four weeks ago against Crawley. Um, I'd I done a slight, uh, I think it was a grade one in my knee with a, a bit of damage around my kneecap and muscles around my knee. Um, but thankfully this week I've been up in the rehab, out in the grass and uh, hopefully be back in full training and joining in with the Morgan boys uh, by the end of the week. Um, I'm with Morgan this week. I'm just training on my own, doing individual work just to get that uh, confidence and the strength uh, back up and then hopefully rejoining the boys uh, at the end of the week and hopefully a good run into the end of the season. 
I just I mean, how how frustrating is it because the, the team's going really really well. I think I think I was looking there. There's only so, so five points I think between first and sixth. Well, you are I think is that right? Yeah, it's it's a frustrating time to pick up an injury or any time to pick up an injury is frustrating time. But for it being so close to the end of the season and us being so close to the top, uh, we're five points behind Cambridge. Play them on Saturday and we still have a game in hand. So. It's, it's all to play for, um, but I just, these things are here to test you, so I just got to get the head down, keep working hard, keep concentrating on my rehab, get back as strong and fit as I can and as quick as I can and hopefully help Morgan push on. Uh, and I, was going to, I was just thinking there, Johnny, and I suppose when you think about it, I mean, Brad, he's accustomed to the highs and lows of football, which he's going through at the minute. I mean, had injury problems at Corian, but he showed... The, the fight, the, the, the determination to come through it, and I guess he, he, he's showing the same again at Morkham now, isn't he? Yeah, it's, it seems so weird. I remember like Brad made one of his first appearances at 81 point. Um, I could be wrong. I think it was one Do you of have his... a good memory? Um, and they see him now playing playing in England. It's crazy. Uh, I remember watching the Chile and the Samurai games as well. I think Craig, yeah, I know that fella. Um, it's, just, it's just weird, but it was even weird back then, even seeing Orn in the touchline in his first game against Sully. It's just everyone just seemed like. Who's that chap on TV there? I, I seen him playing against ours a few weeks ago. It's just weird how, how life works out like that. But um, yeah, look, football, there's, there's highs and the lows. I'm sure Brad felt low the, the, the year that we probably should have won the league. And then the next week we, we, went, we went and won the Irish Cup. So um, he's got bigger fish to fry now in England, obviously. And I'm sure he'll want to carve out a career there. Yeah, and Arn, I mean, I think you've talked about it before. Just how big, you know, how... The relationship between Brad and Orn was always very strong, and that's something maybe you'd picked up on in, in, in previous times, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, everybody can cast their mind back to that, that night at Seaview, and, you know, word sort of emerged that Brad was leaving the club, and it was quite emotional for probably both Brad and um, everybody associated with the club as well. But I suppose, you know, it was a nice experience for Orn to sort of grant him his chance to play in Scotland and probably, you know, look after him up until a point in his career. And I'm sure the two keep in regular contact. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, there was rumours going around that uh, Brad was Orange's teacher's pet. Or <laughs> is this true, Brad? I think Lyndon started that rumour, but I don't know who's took over that job now I've left. Who, who, um, would, you put your, who would you put your money on now who's been the teacher's pet then? Oh, you have to go Lyndon, don't you? You have I to go Lyndon. Say, He's still there. Um, he probably beat me when I was still there, but he just <laughs> kept it quiet and hit it better. He was better disguising it, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, but we're, we're laughing there a bit, Owen, but he, he had a really, I mean, he's had a real influence in your career, like we joke about it. And But how important has he been? Because, you know, Corian at, at the school, across the Passion for a while, St. Murren, I mean, nearly all the way through your career, he's been there. Yeah, at the end of the day, I can say um, uh, without Oren, I wouldn't be sitting where I am today. I wouldn't be uh, having a full-time career because he was the one that gave me my chance. But at the same time, giving me a chance, he believed in me and uh, showed a lot of faith and keep playing us young boys all together. But on the pitch, but as well as off the pitch as well, he, he helped me mature. He, he just, if I had any problems, I could always go to him. His door was always open. And then, as you say, um, when I was doing my uni degree at University of Ulster, my year experience was at Cross and Passion. 
and with Oren and all the teachers there, they, they helped me mature even more off the pitch and it's big thanks to them and a lot of credit goes to them and Oren and the coaching staff as well. They, they've helped me so much on and off the pitch and and say without them I wouldn't be where I am today and it's, I'm very thankful for that. I think that's key to Oren and how successful as he is, that man management, isn't it? I mean, I've heard other players talking about it in the past, but it really is the man management aspect of it that, that really elevates him to the high standard that he is. Yeah, and I would say that I'm very close to, to Oren and I, I would be a, a, maybe a very close friend now, but I can say all the boys in that change room and all the boys that worked under Oren could say that as well. I would say that he keeps in contact with a lot of people. And it's just that uh, demeanour he has. He's just such an open person. And he's, he's always there for anyone, no matter what their problems are. Um, he's, he always lends that uh, ear to let you chat to him and, and help you. And uh, he's just a great person on and off the pitch. So that's good. And how does, how, does, how does Tony Mowbray, I mean, he, he comes across, I think, he had some nice things to say about you sort of this season as well. Uh, he put you in the first team squad at a time. Said some nice things about you. And, and he comes across as, as somebody similar to Oren in that respect. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, and I, I've, I've experienced that and witnessed that over the last three years I've been at Blackburn. Uh, it would always say to you, and he, he really means it, that his door's always open. And obviously coming over uh, to England, working under a different manager, it was strange at the start, but they are both very similar in that way that they, they look after you. They, they know there's more than football out there that you can have other problems and stuff. And everyone around the training ground at Blackburn really like him. And, and I would say that's why um, he's been in the job for so long at Blackburn because um, everyone really likes him. And at the same time, he's a great gaffer and he's a great tactician as well and helps you with your game. And Aaron, I mean, you, you, you're looking at, at Brad there. I mean, where, where where do you think Brad can go? I mean, <laughs> in terms of the game and stuff, you, you know, he's going along very well. What, where, where can you see him going? Well, it's, you know, um, it's a hard one to call, David. It is, it is. Play, play it's a difficult play, question. You know, it, um, I think Markham's the right place for him to be at the moment. You know, get him out playing regularly. Obviously, a wee injury at the moment, but... I'm sure in a few weeks he'll be he'll be back um, fighting fit and first making them run from midfield and doing the things that we know Brad's best at. But you know, I suppose it's one of them things as um, a young footballer. You know, if you have the right attitude and you you put the work in, and um, ultimately the words your oyster. You know, you need a, a a bit of ability. You need to, a lot of ability. Sorry, but you know, we we know what Brad's capable of, and I'm sure. You know, when you see some of the players that have made it to, to the top, they've all they've all put in the work, and Brad's certainly done that. You know, side of it so far, so I'm sure he can he can go on the bigger and better. Yeah, and, it, and as Johnny said, it's just great to keep an eye on, the, on his progress, isn't it? And say we know him as he's going along. So, um, but uh, this weekend, you know, we'll, we'll turn our attentions back to the the Danske Bank Premiership here. Um, another difficult week ahead, and. We start again with familiar opponents, Glenavon. We only played them there, what seems like just a week or so ago. Um, Johnny, that night down at Mournview, we played them. Corey and we were a little bit slow out of the blocks, but I would say that finished well and probably could have won it at the end up. 
Yeah, you, you summed up pretty well. The first hour, we probably could have been nearly two or three down. And obviously, Matthew Fitzpatrick continued his good run of form. And I think it's five and six games he has now. Um, Where did he come from? Once at his parish. But no, Glenavon are so unpredictable. Um, you know, they had a couple of weird results there. You know, they lost, I think they lost at home to Carrick Rangers, who they'd expect to beat. And then they go and went away at Crusaders. and and draw with us and you know they're they're so they're such a weird team um but they're a good team as well and we haven't beat them yet this season um and we'll have to be at our best to beat them you know they've got dangerous players i really really like the look of peter campbell on the left hand side i think he's a good player he, he gave london a, t- a tough night at morningview park so um listen it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough and somebody made a really really great point the other week there that because we're playing so many games the first goal is so crucial um if you can get the first goal it gives you something to, to hang on to and Hopefully now with Curtis and, and James finding the back on it, we, we, we can grab that goal. Yeah, and Brad, Glenavon, always a hard game. And what's it like as a player, you know, playing a team almost back to back? Does that bring its own difficulties? And what, what would Orm say to his players before that game, given they only played a week or so ago? Um, yeah, it's, it's probably a tough one. Um, but the way, it's, the way it's planned out, I would say it's probably an easy one in terms of um, my mum and dad and my brother are big Korean fans. They watched the game live on the stream and they said it wasn't Korean's best of games against Glenavon. So I would say, um, and as Johnny says, they haven't beat them this year. So I would say that's the motivation. Um, just to turn it around, let's prove a point, let's get the three points and just try and get a, another run going. Um, but it's, it's always tough. And as Johnny says, Glenavon's it can be up and down, but I've watched and kept an eye on results and they've been going well recently and they have a, a lot of very good players and they've always had over the years. And, and they've recruited well too, like Brian Colin Coates and Sean Moore, two wily old campaigners. And, and Arne, you know, I, I look at it and Oren, I suppose, there's a lot of mutual respect that appears between Oren and Gary Hamilton there. Both managers of like part-time provincial clubs fighting against the, the full-time outfits, and there does seem to be a genuine respect. And Gary Hamilton's a guy, a manager that you know people have a lot of time for. Yeah, that's it. And I suppose um, both Gary and Orrin have been there, done it, and won it as players too. So, and they're probably in around the same age. I would say I'm not hundred percent sure now, but they're of the same sort of vintage. I would say, and both are managers. That, like to play football the right way, you know. Um, Gary Hamlet was always very open and honest, but um, he calls a spade a spade, and he's definitely a manager from you know a press point of view, from doing interviews with him after the game. He's he's, he's a dream to work with, you know. Yeah, nothing's ever a problem to him. But I'm just hoping that his boys have an off day on Saturday because um, Corian definitely need to get the three points because you know they have a tough run coming up and. Um, we have Linfield then next Wednesday night too. So you want you want to go and into the Linfield game in the best possible form, and the best way to do that is off the back of two wins. You know. Well, I, I think I would have to agree with Brad there. Insofar as the team talks, simple. We haven't beat Glenavon yet this year. Let's put that record straight, and and that would be your motivation. So we all agreed then home win Saturday for for the Bandsiders. We think. Hope so. I definitely. You have, to, you have to be confident. Come on. You have to be. No on the finish. You, you, you have to want it. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. Yeah. 
they play anything like they did against Lorne, then yeah, you have total faith in them. Um, but you can't underestimate any team in the Irish League at the minute because you even see the home game against Warren Point. They, they came out all guns mm-hmm. blazing and were brilliant. So, but yeah, I'm confident in Corian. Uh, I think we'll all we'll have to go with a Korean win, just as you said, get the momentum back again and, and look ahead to Linfield. So uh, the weekend's games, boys, starts on Friday, and I'm looking there. There's a massive game, Balamina United against uh, Crusaders. Uh, that's going to be a good game to watch. I think Big Davies, their their boys are flying. Um, they're up to fourth, ten unbeaten, and the crews are going the, the opposite direction. Um, I think they've lost four of the last five and they've dropped out of the top six. Brad, are you are you surprised that Crusaders slumped because you know they were always the standard bears when you were here? Yeah, I think I'm surprised um, because they were so dominant when I was there and they were so consistent and it was always a team that you probably didn't want to come up against because they were so consistent and they, they battled so much. But again, I think it's just that transition of going into full-time football. I know it's their, their second year of it, but it, it's not easy. Um, it does take uh, it does take time to bed in and for the players to get used to it and just the different amount of training sessions and the load that they're going through. Um, but with Stephen Baxter and some of the players and their team, they experienced like Billy Joe Burns and Philip Lowry, the ones that stand out, Jordan Owens. I think uh, they'll be coming back uh, anytime soon. And I would say they'll have a big push to the end of the season. Yeah, it's just, uh, as you say, that trans- transformation really of it, Seaview, isn't it? I mean, some of the older players, like I mentioned, Colin Coates, Sean Ward, have gone and they're trying to bring new players in and it maybe takes a little bit of time. and. Johnny, how do you see it going? Balamina, your favourites there. They're flying, aren't they? I mean, they're in a, they're in a tremendous run of form. They are in a great run of form. They're up the fourth now in the league, as, as you say. And it's such a crazy league at the minute because I fired in the league table in the our media chat early and earlier. And, you know, if Lauren had won last night, they'd have been chatting about going for second. And now they've lost and Balamina and all have won. Like, they're nearly now fighting for the top six. It's just crazy. The team's really from... You know, even Corey, even Linfield down, you just don't know how it's going to end up. It's so competitive. Um, I think, in a weird way, I think how Crusaders won uh, on Tuesday night against Portadown might just turn the tide a wee bit. It's like us against Warren Point when Stuart Nixon scored the last minute. Things just sort of turned and we went on a good run. I think that can maybe be the same for, for Crusaders. Um, playing Tuesday, Friday is tough as well for both teams. I, I'm going to sit in the fence and go for a 2 all draw. Very good. And Aaron, uh, you're a big fan of Big DJ. You always like him. Do you, do you see Valamita doing the business? Um, well, I suppose D, DJ is he's the, probably the, he is the most successful manager in the league, so you obviously have to respect him from that point of view. But when he's Valamita boss, I suppose, you know, Sort of have to reassess the <laughs> but um, I'll i i i fancy them. Um, mm. They're just in that um, mindset where they're rolling over result after result, and you know he is the he is probably the best manager motivating the sides, and he'll be drawn into them. Crusaders are there from for the taking, so um, I I'll go Balamina as much as it pains me to say it, but. Um, I, I do fancy him. But it, is, it, is, it is mad. Like a lot of games is left, as you say. But if Crusaders lose on Friday night, I mean, 
they're going to struggle, aren't they, even to make the top six, let alone Europe or even challenge for anything. So uh, there's a lot at stake. I'll, I'll go with UR and I think Palomino have a wee bit too much for, for Crusaders. Um, I just think they're, they've lost their way, Crusaders. So I think a home win for, for Balamina in that one. Um, and then another big game, Glentorn uh, poured it down. Brad, Glentorn have a, a lot of investment and in going well. I mean, when you were here and playing, I suppose, I mean, Glentorn were, were going through a, a tough time, weren't they? But they're, they're really sort of on their way back now and a lot of investment. And they're going to expect a return on that investment, aren't they? Yeah, during my time in Irish League, I think Glentorn were just trying to find their way, really. Um, they kept changing managers. They had a lot of players going in and out. But I think now they, they've sort of settled. Um, they signed a lot of good players. Um, they took a rest with Jay Donnelly, and it, it, it certainly paid off because the man's a clinical goal scorer, and he's, he's playing really well. And it, it, it's great to see, actually, because on the pitch, that's... Uh, like it's good to see he's a quality footballer and he's, he's back to playing his best. And it's good to see Glentorn back at their best because they're one of the biggest clubs in the Irish League. And you, you want to be playing against the best. And it's even better when you're beating them and uh, right up the top of the league, battling against them all. Um, so, yeah, but Portadown coming up this season, they're a tough team as well. So that'll be another great game. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Aaron? I was just going to say to Brad there, you know, the fact that <clears throat> you've been away now and experienced full-time football in England and Scotland, you know, do you see that as a model that could work in the Irish League? Do you think the likes of Lauren and Linfield and Glentoran, you know, move into this full-time approach? Do you think that that is something that will drive the league on in years to come? I, I really hope so, um, because since I've moved over here, the people's asked me a lot of questions about the Irish League and what it's like. But looking back on it, it's a lot, a lot of teams and a lot of players is as good um, as players over here. It's just that full-time aspect. And if every club got that, and the, the, the league would go up another level because the quality of players that's now coming over from England and Scotland and stuff, and even staying in Northern Ireland, it's absolutely brilliant and it's making the league even more competitive. So I think it would take it to another level and it's literally just the training aspect of things that would take the players to another level. So yeah, I, I think it would uh, benefit massively. Yeah, uh, I mean, go ahead. Um, you know, when you first went over, was it something that you felt your, your standing in the Irish League, you know, set you up well for adjusting to that lifestyle and you know, moving away from your family was obviously a massive thing, but did you find it easy to settle quickly? Yeah, um, thankfully, because I trained hard and at Korean, the training was always high intensity, and you probably wanted sometimes you wanted to win more in training than you did on a Saturday. It was that competitive, but playing against men at week in, week out at such a young age, I think that stood me a good stead physical wise. and. But again, it's just that period of uh, transition of getting your body used to training every day, getting your mind ready to train every day, because obviously you have to be at your best every day to try and impress the gaffer or impress the coaches around you to get into that team. Um, so it does take a bit of transition. As I said, that's probably maybe why Crusaders are struggling, but um, it, it doesn't take long. and. As footballers and athletes, your body does adapt quickly and um, it definitely uh, pays off because I feel like I'm a better player for it. 
It's just like it sounds like a dream job, doesn't it, Brad? To be honest, <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly yeah. is. It's a dream come true. It is. Well, I'm just looking. You made your debut, I think, at 17 or something, and you had 119 games under your belt by the time you left for England. I mean, that's that's impressive going for a young fella. And as Aaron alluded to, that must have set you up well for the competitiveness of, of playing in England in a yeah, man's game. Exactly. And at the time when I was 16, 17, and I seen all the boys going over to England, um, it wasn't a it wasn't a choice for me not to go over. I, I was I know I wasn't good enough at that time. Um, I, I physically wasn't good enough. Maybe technically I was, but physically I, I was miles off it. But getting that experience on uh, men's football and um, you see the likes of Mark Sykes and Bobby Burns and stuff. It's it's absolutely brilliant. It wasn't our choice to stay in Irish League, but staying in Irish League has benefited us massively because. Now we're consistent. We know what it's like to play men's football and competitive football. I think coming over here where players aren't used to it, they're used to academy football, it maybe takes us to another level above them. And uh, I have a couple of quick questions for you, um, Brad. I'll ask the, t- the two in the one go. Um, aside from Shane Lavery, do you think there's any players in the Irish League who are good enough for over the water? And... At the time of recording, uh, Northern Ireland are playing here in five minutes' time. Um, that must be a big goal for you moving forward. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll mention the Northern Ireland thing straight away. Uh, to pull on that green jersey at Windsor Park would be a, a dream come true, not just for me, but for my family. My brother's a season ticket uh, holder or campaign ticket holder um, for the Northern Ireland Games. So that would be a dream country that would be the pinnacle and I'll never give up on that uh, when I'm a footballer that's always a dream and I'll always work hard for that and in terms of players it's good enough in the Irish League you have to even look at a Korean and a supporter you have to look at the Ben Doherty the goals and assists the man's getting uh, his technical abilities quality Jimmy Glacken the way he drives it, the teams and stuff them two's impressed me massively this season, obviously, Stephen Lowry's a legend for Corian. The man's <laughs> unbelievable. Rolls Royce every week. Um, if, it, if he was only 10 years younger. Exactly. I was going to say that. I didn't want to be cheeky, but uh, maybe he's too <laughs> old for that. But, yeah, there's there's lots of players. Like Tiger for Glentorn, um, obviously came back from England. Um, I think Reese Marshall as well, um, full-time football there's loads like Rory Hale came back and stuff, but that just shows you how good Irish League is that these players are coming back and it makes the league even better. And it, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's a step back now coming back to the Irish League because teams are so strong and they're turning into full time teams. So um, I don't want to be taken because they're just the names that's off the top of my head. But there's many, many players for every team that could uh, make the step across the water. Um, I think. And obviously, um, you'll want to stay in England for, for a very, very long time. And I suppose this is a million dollar question that any question I'd like to ask you would you ever see yourself playing for an all club? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the thing that uh, that's my, my dream and stuff. That's my aim is to stay over here in England for as long as possible and try and make a career for myself in football. Um, but in terms of Irish League, I, I couldn't see myself coming home and, and playing for any other team except Corian because they're the team that gave me the chance. They're the team that's on the up 
in my opinion, the way we're going and the, the, the plans for the club as a whole is absolutely brilliant. And how much I love the club and my older brother played a few games for them. And I just remember as a boy uh, going with my brother and even like signing the game stuff, took me to games. And just it's just the connection of it. I couldn't see myself playing for any other team because I, I do love Korean. Brad. You must have been hard up for people to go to games with if you were going with Simon McGee. <laughs> oh, can't believe you just said that. Oh, dear, dear, dear. You'll not be allowed back in the sugar, right, sir. <laughs> to be fair, he's probably the one that can listen to me the most, so he was the only one that was allowed to take me. Um, but no, it's just that connection. Since, since young, uh, I, I remember the... I always had, had two Korean kits that stood out for me. I had the Nike one, the blue and white, and I think it was a PBF in the front, and then the white and black Nike away kit. I always run around wearing them and stuff like that there. So it's just the connection and the fans and the, the community. Um, it, it's just great. So it is. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be great. It'd be some crack to see you come back here. You could even come back and just play one game at the end of your career or something, just to, sort of, just to cap it off, isn't it? But just before before we wrap it up and stuff, Brad, you were just talking about you know when you were a supporter and stuff, and just the lack of supporters at the games. You know, you're obviously playing without supporters, and we're going to Korean games as the media without supporters. And how big a part do the supporters play as a player? How big? How big do you notice that, and and how much will the players of Korean be missing that as we go into the the running of the season? Yeah, I, I do think it's massive. Um, in terms of, I think it's just the the passion of it and the drive before the before the games uh, and stuff that got there. When you're on the pitch, you you do notice the fans, but you don't really. If you know what I mean, you're concentrating mm-hmm. on what your job is and what you're doing, but that the drive and especially with the coming into the end of the season there's so much to play for like the fans just make it so much better the, it just brings so much passion into into football and in my opinion it's football and sports for entertainment so playing without fans it yes it's great because it's all streamed live but without fans there it it, it, it does take it away a wee bit and uh, the quicker the fans get back in the stadiums the better it off for everyone. And I'm sure going back in Morgan, I'm sure he's always going up automatically. But if it has to be the playoff, uh, playing at Wembley wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's what a few people have, have texted me. Um, but yeah, well, I'll focus on I'll focus on trying to get the playoffs uh, automatically. But yeah, playing at Wembley, wow! That I've played in the FA Cup against Chelsea. I've, Played in the Scottish Cup, of Scottish League and stuff, but to play at Wembley, wow, that that is what dreams are made of. That would be unbelievable because even going to Wembley would be class. Um, but uh, yeah, that would be great, and going to Wembley and even winning at Wembley would be even better. Uh, would you be... tell me you'd rather play at Wembley than the Warren Point? <laughs> just a tad, just a tad. But I've good memories playing away to Warren Point, so I won't take. You must that be, away. you must be one of the only ones. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to draw lots to see who's driving this season, but you know, <laughs> yeah, the trip wasn't great. Uh, no, that wasn't. Uh, you mentioned you, you mentioned there about Chelsea because that was your debut for Morecambe. 
And I remember speaking to you afterwards, and like, as debuts go, Brad, it doesn't get any better than that. Playing at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea, I mean, that must have just been a pinch me moment. It, it really was, and especially it was uh, Frank Lampard with the manager, and the team he put out was was incredible, and it showed us a lot of respect, the likes of Mason Mount and uh, Samuel Werner and. Uh, Billy Gilmore, Zajac and all that there was all the top, top players were playing against us. So, yeah, it's definitely a memory that will, will stand out and uh, one I'll always remember. And, and whose shirt did you get? I got Billy Gilmore's. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Billy Gilmore's, just for, for the sheer fact my brother's a big Rangers fan as well. That's that it. connection. And I played against some 23 football and with Sam McClelland and Chelsea and stuff, I would actually know... Billy and chatting terms, so I spoke to him after the game and stuff, and he was nice awesome. enough to have me as top. So yeah, that's awesome. one to cherish as well. That's pretty great. And then just as well, I think we sort of touched on it earlier uh, playing Celtic and Rangers. That must have been quite an experience too. Yeah, I, I think I've said a lot. I must have a lot of dreams, but you just walking out at Ibrox, oh, that it was a full full house. Um, simply the best was was banging out and. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was an unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable experience. Unfortunately, the result didn't match for us, but yeah, it was it was humbling now and to play against a hero of Stephen Davis as well. It, it was just it, it was a great day now, um, except the result. That's crazy. Like I mean, you mentioned Stephen Davis, and obviously all the talk about him today. You know, setting the new UK record, and uh, I mean. If you could have half the career that he's had, you'd be doing you'd be doing brave and well, Brad. Yeah, I'd be very happy with that. Very happy. So, uh, uh, listen, uh, here. Well, hopefully, you know the way things is going with the, the crowds and that. We're not sure. There's some mentions that maybe the crowds will get back before long. We don't know. There's there's talk in England that they're going to get some back for some of the games towards the end of the season. So it'd be great if we did. You know, maybe get somebody over. Morecambe, get some fans there, and maybe we'll get you see you back here at the showgrounds, Brad. So, uh, in the meantime, you know, best of luck with your injury uh, and with the promotion push. And I think, Aaron, do you want to say something there before we head? I have a better idea, Damien. Where I'm, crowd, I'm, 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 and, you've always and, got good and, ideas. And fans get back in the games, Brad and get us a few tickets, and then we'll speak to Simon, and he, he'll get us over. He'll get us over there again. You know what? That sounds good because Morgan looks like a nice spot out in the coast and all. It sounds like we better like Porush. That would be good, Johnny. What do you think? Oh, we'll take two weeks off because Jerry Flynn's getting us a week in Murcia, isn't he? And then that's, that's right. right. Welcome that's back right. and go to Morgan. And, yeah, uh, Corian supporters, Bosnies are more than welcome. This, this, is, this, is, this is on the podcast expenses, isn't it? Yeah, the uh, more the merrier. The more Simon McGee can pay for it, sure. The more the merrier. Come on over. Well, here, well, what, what's the best hotel in Morgan? Right. Uh, not a clue. He's can he's can oh, jump in the apartment and we'll have a good night. Hopefully, it's a three points for Morgan, and then we'll have a good night. Hey, do you know what? All seriousness, that does sound like a good plan. Well, more than welcome. More welcome. Good man. I knew we had you on this podcast for a reason, Aaron. Well done, good lad. <laughs> Here. Brad, right, boys, the uh, Northern Ireland match is coming on very, very shortly, so uh, we'll probably just wrap it up there. Brad, 
it's been a pleasure. It's been great to have you on. Appreciate your time because uh, I know you're a busy lad. And uh, as I said earlier, good luck. Get that injury cleared up and get on for the promotion push. Uh, and Johnny and Aaron, we'll see you on Saturday, I suppose, will we? Aye, maybe I. Maybe I. Nothing else to do, have we? No, listen, that's all we really have at the minute. This is football and it's busy, so. Yeah, it's busy. Get Saturday um, the road and I'm feeling two big games for us. So we exactly. Well, do you know what? If we can get a win on Saturday and you're heading up to Windsor Park, that's a, that's a massive, massive game then in the, in the yeah. context of the season, isn't it, Brad? Yeah, oh, big time. But mm. I'll be confident in the boys going to Windsor Park. Good pitch, and we we always play well there. Um, we always put it right to them. Um, so yeah, concentrate yeah. on Saturday first, take it the game by game, and then we'll focus on Linfield afterwards. Yeah, titles in the bag, boys. Titles in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> but a positivity, Aaron, isn't it? That's what you were looking for. Yeah, you know it. Here, right, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, Lovely having Brad on. We'll keep an eye on your uh, progress throughout the season. John and Arm, we'll see you on Saturday around half one, two o'clock. Who's bringing the milk, the biscuits? We'll get that sorted. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, keep up to date through the social media channels at the club. And as ever, and as always, come on the Bandsiders. <laughs>